Camera speeds. A mark. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of the Focus Puller at Work podcast. I'm Bradford, and I will be your host today as we get to know Luandisa Joko, who is a first AC in South Africa. We get to dive into her journey as she became not just a first AC, but also a filmmaker who learned to hold on to her identity as a woman in a world that makes it hard for women in film. Let's get started. So thank you so much for being with us here today. Uh, this is uh, Luandisa. Not everyone here might know who you are and where you're from. So do you mind telling us a little bit about that? Okay, so I'm Luandi Sajogo. I am from South Africa. Um, I was born in a small town along the coast called Port Elizabeth. And then I moved to Johannesburg um, to start my filmmaking journey. Uh, started as a camera assistant and now I am a first AC on one of the biggest uh, local telenovelas in my country currently. So yeah. So I, I saw that you actually went to school in AFDA School of Motion Picture. I know that you got your Bachelor of Arts degree in motion picture specifically towards cinematography. Is is DPing the end goal for you or the ultimate goal? Well, um, yes, so I did go to film school and I'm not gonna lie, yes, when I first got there, my in my goal was to be a cinematographer, to be a DOP one day. Um it's when I moved to Johannesburg, which is, you know, we call it the city of gold and, you know, where you, you'll find a lot of opportunities. So getting the opportunity of being a focus puller, I'm not going to lie. I'm still a little, I want to say confused, but I'm really, really enjoying focus pulling. Um, I love the storytelling behind it. I love the fact that I feel like I connect to, to, to actors more. And I'm someone, when I was in high school and film school, I did do some acting and I thought maybe at some point I would be in front of camera, but I found that with me doing acting and all of that, I've, I've, I can use it when I'm focus pulling because learning actor's body language um, for me just makes the whole process of pulling much easier. You know, um, sometimes I'll even just challenge myself to not be technical at all, not to use marks or whatever, and just, and just connect with the actor. And I think that's what's really drawing me so much more into focus pulling and wanting me to be a better um, focus puller. So I wouldn't say I have put it, you know, away as a goal in terms of being a DOP, but right now I'm really just pushing how much I'm enjoying and learning in the process of being a focus puller. I love hearing that so much. I think that so much of of what my journey has even entailed is like, man, don't get stuck to your marks because something beautiful might happen and you might lose what is happening in the scene if you just focus on what your marks are and you're not paying attention to what the talent is in front of you. So I love I love that perspective that you're just constantly making sure you're not settling into some of those things and you're really connecting with the scene because I think that that's what's most important. So I know that like currently you are, you're like acing on a bunch of you've aced on a bunch of huge shows in in south africa um i know there's like the river um there's like several of here that i see that you've worked on that that i've gotten to watch a couple things on youtube with and they have absolutely looked beautiful i would love to hear about your journey and how you transitioned from school to jumping right in into like transitioning into some of the bigger shows that are currently going on in south africa 
Well, um, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't. I, I think maybe it's luck and just like perseverance, honestly, because even um, my journey getting into film school, um, this particular school I wanted was way too expensive um, for my parents or for me to afford, um, and then I end up getting a scholarship to study there for three years, and then even moving to this big city. Um, while I was in school, every time I'd watch TV and I'd see an advert of um, Top Actor Africa, I remember it was one of the first ones I saw, Top Actor Africa essay auditions were happening in Johannesburg. And I got the contact details and I called them and I asked to talk to production because I just wanted to be their intern. And I, I said to them, you don't have to pay for the flights or anything. I just want to be on set. Can I just come and see and whatever? And I ended up talking to the line producer and she was very nice. And she said I could come through and I worked there for a bit. And then every time something would be on TV or an advert for like auditions for something coming, I would call again because I would just want to, to intern. Uh, and then while I was also studying, you know, I was shooting some of my short films as well in school and outside of school, got to meet people. And there was one director um, who had was going to shoot a film and told me that he got a DOP from Johannesburg to shoot it. And I, I literally said to him, can I please be your camera assistant? I don't care, even if you pay me or you pay me as an intern. I just want to learn. And then it was through that that I met people that were from Joburg. So, and then it turns out two days after graduation, I got a call and that was my first job in a reality show um, called Real Housewives of Johannesburg. It was the first time that that format was even being brought into the country, um, the Real Housewives format. So. As well, I didn't know anything. I didn't even know what gear check was. <laughs> I didn't know what gear check would entail, what was expected from me. I just, you know, all I, all I came with was a clapperboard, you know, in my bags. And even getting to the city, I had to organize accommodation on my way there. It was just a jump. And then while working on set, I, my thing was I just never really wanted people to know that I didn't know anything. Um, so even sometimes while on my way to the bathroom, I'd be like running, watching YouTube over something someone, something someone had said, or there's some um, sitting on a camera that I'm supposed to know or like anything. And also I was talking to a lot of, um, crew members, you know, not even particularly in camera, but, uh, I found this, uh, one of the lighting guys helped me a lot to become a camera assistant in that he had been on a lot of sets and so would give me pointers of, you know, a camera system would usually do this, do that. And I would just learn through other people. So by the time I got to the next job, I could like fake it enough for them to think <laughs> that I knew a lot. Um, and then also meeting amazing focus pullers on other jobs that also taught me to be a camera assistant. And then, you know, the way I even got into focus pulling was one of them would just sometimes disappear. <laughs> you would just, you don't know whether he's gone to the bathroom or he's having a cigarette somewhere. And, you know, I have to do the board and pull the scene now. And that's, you know, how I, I started getting into focus pulling and then learning more and more. And then by luck, by, I don't know, by what luck, I, I, grasped, I grasped focus pulling quite quickly. I connected it with, with it so much. I did not... It, it intimidated me for a long time. It just seemed way too technical. Also someone who's still trying to catch up in terms of everything, you know, how to be on a set, technically, technical terms, and now just jumping straight into this. You know, it's a whole thing you need to know about the lens. You need to know the F-stop. It was, it, was, it was intimidating until I just, I just touched it. You know, you put your hand in the lens and you start pulling by hand first. And you just, you learn by doing that. And then um, 
there was a particular DOP that I had been watching even when I was in film school. He'd also come from the same film school I went to. Um, and that year, uh, I was also working as, as, a, as, a, as a focus pool already by then. Uh, the, my school, my film school gave me the Alumni of the Year Award. Wow. I couldn't go back to my city. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't go back to my city to go and accept it because I was on a, a series. And then at the same time, on that weekend, I had accepted a job for like a, a day and stuff. So my twin sister um, accepted the award for me. And I remember writing a speech and I talked about this specific DOP, Muntobeko um, Lamini. And how he's inspired me and, you know, still inspires me to, to push even on set to just be good technically. And, and one day I would love to work with him. And that he also came from the same film school. And the following year, he called me and asked me to be, um, to focus pull on the river, the one that I'm currently working on. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> and that was crazy. And that's when I think for me, out of everything that I've learned through the years, working with him that was the first time I really started learning exactly what a first day AC is. Mm. He's just one of those DOPs. One, okay, he pulls wide open. <laughs> yeah. He's just one of those who's like... That show, that show looks very beautiful. That looks very beautiful. But that was like one of the first things that I noticed when I was watching. I was like, oh yeah, they're, they're, they're shooting this yeah. wide open. <laughs> it's crazy. And besides technically really requiring you to be a very strong um, puller to pull focus... He, he's very collaborative, you know, he will send you um, some things that he has ideas of or some films or some Pinterest, um, you know, angles and things that he wants to shoot. And on set, you know, he has to deal with lighting and grips. He'll literally be like, okay, listen, I want this, man. Pick a lens and I want this. And also, no, you need to know what white balance he's going to want to use. You know, literally, he's that type of DOP. He wants everything properly done and before he sits down and operates you know but he also does you know give you a chance but he's also strict in that he needs his camera department you know to like to work like a german machine everything mm. needs to click <laughs> you know so as he's first ac he expects you to be strong with your assistance too you know you just don't want unnecessary problems getting to him or him hearing of it but because he's so collaborative and he and he creates the most beautiful things and pressures you so much you literally want to be there for him um, he also creates a very like a family type of thing in the department, but he's really pushed me as a, as, as a focus puller. It, it's, it's been a journey working with him in particular. And he's the reason why I guess I am now have put it a little bit of a side to, you know, to push for the DOP thing, because um, I know that a DOP with a very strong focus puller, I mean, that's, a, that's an amazing team. And mm -hmm. as a focus puller yourself, you are given so much room to be creative and to have a creative opinion. And that's what I really love. Or to even call, you know, call him out and be like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Why is this there? And what, what, say something's different. You're just not, you know. I love so that. It feels like, I <laughs> so it feels not that you're a DOP, but you understand that you that they, they need literally all of that support from you to create this beautiful picture and to it also, it's all be able to pull something and have goosebumps while you're pulling it it's just yeah the best part about filmmaking is that we all have to learn that it all becomes so much better when we work as a team and i think that the mo one of the most beautiful relationships is a dp and a first ac just because they simply in, in a way, like almost have to form this chemistry where language, they're not held back even just by language. They're able to just like look at each other. They're able to know like, 
you know, they're able to like frame something up and they're able to be shooting something in this moment. And the first AC is completely connected and knowing that they're going to push in on this moment and they're not like lagging behind. So there's, there's a lot of beautiful things all to filmmaking. And I think that that relationship between the first AC and DP is like so, so special. But no, you said you said a lot of things that just like really connect with me, and I know we'll we'll dive into some of that stuff uh, as we go through this. But uh, I would love to hear like, obviously, I just commend you so much. I think that so many of us in this in this journey of life, and specifically into filmmaking, feel like there's like this huge need to like prove a lot of things, or like that we we earn certain things, and I think that like your diligence to just be like, I'm not going to let my lack of knowledge or lack of experience hold me back from being a diligent and hard worker. I think that that's so commendable. Um, but what I, I would love to hear, like what were some of your most challenging shoots or projects that you were on as an AC? Sure. Well, I think my first one in the city that I'm in now in surreality, you know, um, first, first of all, I also didn't really know how to get home most of the time. And now you were given a panel van with full of equipment. <laughs> it's like, there you go, be on time on set. Um, as well for me, it was physically, actually, actually physically was one of the first thing I noticed that I needed to be stronger. The equipment is heavy. Um, and being a female on, on a set, thing of, of your male colleagues offering you help as much as yes, they're just being helpful. I didn't like that because I just felt like, you know, if I've said that I can do this job, then it means in all capacity, I need to be able to do this job. Um, so first things first for me, I, I literally changed my, my lifestyle and, you know, how I was eating and, and working out. Um, that was one big challenge because at first as well, it was a challenge because I was doing it, not understanding that a lifestyle change is also a mental and not just physical, you know what I mean? And then um, the second part, I guess, was just also working with men, being the only female all of the time on set. Oh, it's, geez, you know, being far away from home on top of that. Um, and we're not going to deny that, you know, working with men sometimes, you know, things that are said, things that are done, sometimes you're questioning things in your head. Am I overreacting? Am I, you know, not having a voice, not not being strong enough or not feeling strong enough, you know, having being in an environment with so much masculine energy. And it sometimes it's not even them being harmful in any way. It's just the way you feel being surrounded by that and also trying to find your voice in a space like that. Um, and then thirdly, I guess, would then just be the, the technical challenges. But through those things, I guess that's, I've found my voice and myself um, by going through those different things. And again, we the first challenge was being the physical part. When I changed my lifestyle and I really probably changed it and not just physically and mentally, that's when things like finding myself and my voice in that masculine space then also connected. And then it's much easier now to technically, you know, start learning more because you're now not thinking about other things. You're just, you, your whole body, mind, everything has opened itself more to, to, concentrating on set and what you need to do, what the job is required and enjoying it instead of looking at the other things that are just, I guess are always just going to be there. Mm, that's so good. I'm, I'm, I love your heart. I love your heart. I think, I think one of, one of the things that I have loved so much in the past couple of years is that like amazing women filmmakers have been, have been able to speak up and be able to give their voice to, 
to so many things in this industry that do need change. And I'm, I'm so grateful for, for everything that you're saying there, because I think it does matter. I think that there is so much there's so many problems that just men in general will bring to any environment. And I think that like, you know, it is, it is amazing to, for all of us, like men and women to continue to build each other up because it's like, man, perspectives that, that women bring to, to filmmaking and to storytelling is beautiful. And, and I think that we all build each other up. And I I think that that's so incredible. And it's, it goes back to that whole teamwork element is that we all make each other better. And so I'm so, I'm so thankful that you, in the midst of like the environments that have been created through filmmaking being solely with men in the past, you know, I'm so glad that you were able to be strong and push through and then be able to like create your own voice. I think that that's absolutely incredible in in the midst of all of that. Um, I, I love, I love that so much. Um, and obviously, you know, being, being a filmmaker in South Africa, you know, is a whole different challenge that I think that a lot of other people in other countries um, might not understand. I know I grew up in Senegal myself, um, but I know that there's a lot of difficult and different things that you have to kind of overcome, um, specifically about what the region entails and all of that kind of stuff. What what are some, I, I, I think we know the difficult side of like, you know, there may be like a lot of like environmental things or, you know, you know, things of, of that Africa just in, in and of itself brings to, to the table. But what are some of the things that are special that you actually love that are not more towards like the difficult side of things? What are some of the things that you love about being, being a filmmaker in South Africa? Um, you know, the first thing for me was the languages. Like, geez, um, being on a set where <laughs> there's about six to seven different languages being spoken. <laughs> And, you know, you also come with your own. So you can't expect, I can't expect for myself to, to speak in my language and then the next person to respond in English. And as well, if the other person speaks in their language and I understand them and I respond in mine, they're like, huh? And I'm just like, oh, no, you don't get to do that. No, no, no. <laughs> you better learn quick. <laughs> you know, they look like literally I'd be told, but look, look, I'm, we're giving you maybe two, three weeks. Get the, get the basics. We need to be able to communicate with you, like be able to know keywords. And that's how I literally learned a whole lot of languages in the amount of time that I have been here. Um, that is that for me is funny. And also learning other uh, so many different languages that a crew also sometimes it feels like we, we start forming our own language, you know, because you'll you'll take different phrases that are funny or whatever, you know, from those different languages and you start putting them together and it becomes like a code word. Just as crew, you know, not even the cast and you know others that work outside of the set will understand. Someone will say something that no one the, the cast doesn't understand and the whole crew will just die laughing. <laughs> I think That's... that is for me, it's beautiful and as well, you know, my That's country so has great. 13 official languages. So now you put six up in there in one set. <laughs> I think there's like 30 different languages in Senegal. And so like I even just before I did, I obviously oh, haven't gotten geez. to work in, in, in filmmaking in Senegal, but I just know that like just in everyday life, it was always like a fun, a fun little battle to try to figure out like, okay, what all words do we know from each other's languages and uh, try to figure out how we communicate. I can only imagine how, how much fun that is on set, especially in, in, in the idea of like, almost like the crew creating their own language. I think that that's so fun because that even, that even happens here where I'm on set in, uh, in, in America, mm-hmm. we end up, we end up finding these uh, phrases that just, 
work very specifically for one set and it becomes like this really fun element where you start naming yeah. things something absolutely ridiculous or just have fun with it so <laughs> yeah that is amazing no i think i would love i would love to hear it sounds like you've worked so hard um with with everything that you've done i would love to hear like i think personally like acing so much of acing is about creating good habits and finding a good rhythm with the tasks that are required on set um just being aware and all that stuff but like what are what are some of the good habits that you have tried to create for yourself while you're on set um for me it's also concentrating on the blocking when the director's blocking uh that's one of the first things i've learned that is very important um because sometimes look we we shoot really quickly you know it's written like a drama series but it's 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 called a telenovela but it's written like a drama series a lot of the times you don't even get a rehearsal <laughs> you know it's it's so much to shoot with so little time um and you find that some things might just it feels like you're doing the same thing every day because you know you're like okay you shoot some type of way there's there's certain ways now that it, that we shoot in a certain place you know, and then every now and then we'll switch it up. But I've found that when I really concentrate on the blocking, I can question the direct, I can question my DOP or the director, not in terms of technically, but how, what do you want to feel about this? You know, what do you want to do with this? And then that's where I can start now experimenting with lenses and lens size and, and the distance. And that becomes more fun. And when it's fun for me too, then the most I can suggest as well to my DOP then, and then it's not like a routine thing now we're shooting the same thing then it gets a little more fun and exciting um because look i'm not gonna lie my attention span as well is a bit small <laughs> i don't really sit still <laughs> for too long and so it's important for me to not allow myself to keep drifting off because <laughs> when i'm lost i will be completely lost and you know as well when you're being told that you're an example to your your second acs you know that also creates something for them so they they know that straight after the blocking they know they must be standing by right they want a lens you're going to do your settings in your camera have it standing by only then maybe go out and talk to someone or you know do something but those have to be like for me the strict things or certain things that i've put in place for myself now because I know also the kind of the person I am and as well, you don't want your second AC to start doing something. And then when you call them out for it, they're like, ah, but you do it all the time too. And yeah, so also not not trying to make it a, such a strict and boring environment where like you are just this leader, this person that is such, I have fun with my second ACs, you know, like we, we laugh, we have the best fun, we have jokes, but they just have to know when it's come to do with technical certain things, like I'm, I don't play around. And if you mess up, like you do not, don't make me look bad and I won't make you look bad. But when you do make me look bad, then no, we're no longer laughing. <laughs> so it's that balance for me between strict and just being fine. Like, and also calling you out now, but not like keeping it as a grudge, we move on. Those are some of the conversations I have too. Like, look, you can't do this. Like literally, we literally talked about this 10 minutes ago, you're still mad at me. It's like just learn to let it go <laughs> and like very quickly because look i'm also under pressure i'm expected to do things now and i cannot have my dop waiting you make me wait then i'm not going to be happy so yeah but i guess as well these are things i've just been learning as i go i'm not going to say the first job i was the first ac that i did this i probably did mess up quite a bit i had was too friendly with the second ac <laughs> you know it wasn't really if i say something I'm like yeah i'm coming and think it's okay as the next job goes you realize okay no 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 
Mm, no, that's so good. I think that so much of so much of being a first AC is being able to create a good culture and a good environment within the camera department. I think that like that's so much of what being a leader is. And I think that a lot of people forget that like being a first AC is so much more than just pooling focus. I think that's like only probably 10% of what the job is because there's so many other things of like how you're taking care of the DP, how are you anticipating, how are you listening, how good is your how good is your communication skills, how good are you setting your second AC up for success because they're, they're there to assist you to assist the DP. So like how are you making sure that they're able to do their job well? How well are you giving them information and keeping them in the loop and how well are you teaching them so that they can continue to push themselves whether you're there or not? So I think that that's like absolutely so great to hear. Um, I love I love that you're challenging, you know, your second so well, and that you're you're continuing to make sure that like you're also creating an environment where it's like, man, we're all working on film, but at the same point, we're all humans, and we can also enjoy each other. I think that that's super. I think that's super important because the job can be really stressful, mostly because so many other people on set, like I think, can forget that it's like, hey, we're making a movie for entertainment and like they can get so stressed to the point where it's like, hey, let's not forget that we're here making entertainment. Like that like we're not we're not doing some of these crazy jobs where we're having to perform surgery or or life saving stuff. It's like we we get to like make movies and I think that that's awesome. But let's also remember that we can all laugh together as well and be able to enjoy life together. So I I'd love to hear that. How do you as a first AC try to set up your DP for success? Well, for me, um, you know, concentrating and also observing. Uh, for me, again, I'm also like very much a body language person. Um, I like to watch, you know, as your moods change, how you're feeling. Um, I'm also the type like sometimes I would have like sit snacks that I know that they would enjoy when something and, you know, men and food. <laughs> <laughs> we know this now. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'll give you something that I know that's going to make you happy in terms of snack-wise or just being um, very supportive, like even just standing close, standing next to you and you know there's a big scene now that's about to be discussed. Um, thinking ahead again, you know, if I know we're going to be shooting where a mine tank collapses, you know, there's going to be water, there's probably going to be sand and or air, you know, I'll go to production and I'll be the one to sort out certain things you're going to need or, <clears throat> the or ask questions about the environment in which the camera is going to be in and then be able to go back to my D DOP and be like, oh, so they said that it'll be so many degrees, the temperature in the tank, you know, the water will get to this high. So this is my idea and this is what I'm thinking so that they don't have to be the one to ask, hey, are you prepared for this? Did you hear, did you know, you know, um, when we're traveling <clears throat> to go shoot in another city, you know, we're going to be shooting close to the beach or we're going to be shooting, you know, finding out all that information, even though he probably knows, but he's probably discussing so many other creative things. You don't want him to have to ask or start wanting to know about the camera on anything technical, whether it be VT or your focus um, puller monitors or your camera. Technically, I just want for me to be able to sort all of that out so that creatively in the picture and lighting and grips and whatever it is that he or she needs to deal with production. Mm -hmm. That's it. Technically, I just have his gear completely ready for him and have the second ACs also prepped to make sure and ask, is it this going to be in your loader's bag? Are you going to pack the magliner? What are you going to do when we're here? What, you know, what I'll even design things, you know, whatever things we need to protect gear while we're here so that it's just a smooth sailing for him in terms of being creative 
spectrum being picked up. But technically, I just want to be the one to be able to just have all of that sorted. And maybe you can ask one or few questions, but I've already can answer them because I've already thought ahead enough and for you to not have to think technically at all. Man, that's so great. That's so important. I think that that's, that's everything. That's everything that, uh, that just speaks to my heart as, as far as like what we can do to just help each other out, man. I love, I love all of that. What, what were, what were some of the, I guess, if you don't mind, what were some of the mistakes that you've made on set in your, in your journey that ended up being great learning moments for you as you went through, uh, as a, as an AC? I guess, um, look, I am, I know I have very high competitive streak in me and, and sometimes it's, it's, I would have a problem with listening to instruction because I'd want to be able to figure out first so badly that I just forget the fact that as we're also learning from other people. So I've made mistakes of just not listening to someone's opinion or just being like, you know what, you know, because you said that now I'm trying to find something else that's going to be better. And Oh, that has thrown me under the bus that has just, <laughs> and <clears throat> I literally stepped out of that real quick and just listening. I, even if you're first AC, even if you're an intern and you have an idea or come up with something, I'm just so willing and I really want to understand your perspective and what you're saying. And I'll ask questions only because, not because I'm trying to show how wrong you are, but if I really understand what you meant from that, then maybe an idea could come up for the from the both of us that is better that can work this way. Um, <clears throat> another mistake is, also just over pushing physically, honestly, you know, carrying two things when I know there's just absolutely no ways, but just, just being so adamant on the fact that, no, I'm, I want to able to carry these two things and hurting myself in the process that I learned from the hard way, I guess, <laughs> got injury. <laughs> it was not great. Um, but I guess with that now is that I've learned um, with, with the whole lifestyle change, I've learned, you know, how women move, how, you know, where the strength lies between certain body areas. So now when I have an intern and most of the time it will always be a female intern. The first thing I'll, I'll watch is when they carry a box or camera box. I'll be like, hey, go back, squat do this with your back, do that. If you do this, you're going to tear this. You have more muscle in your legs than your arms. So don't try to use your arms yet until they're stronger. You know, so with them, it's just constantly physically and also how just to make sure that we don't hurt our bodies and also not have to ask for help from someone. Just be able to move around with your gear, but don't hurt yourself. So that that helped in terms of, you know, the lifestyle aspect of it. <clears throat> mm. And yeah, and also just, and also another thing was just, not feeling like you're not worth worthy like that thing of me not knowing a lot also did come in the way so i it just not feeling like i'm worthy not feeling like i can speak about something or not feeling like i'm a leader yet to my second acs and i guess there was a particular job where you know my second ac was just running the department more than i was because in my head i'm just like you know they've done so many jobs and then this is my second one and i'm already their first ac you know they know more so it's just <clears throat> Yeah, that was just a confidence thing, I guess. And then you just learn that, yeah, whether you know much or you don't, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be a leader. You know what is required of you. So start doing that and just like, yeah, it got better that way. Thank you so much for your vulnerability and honesty in that. I think that there are so many, so many ways that we all can like, I think, be be honest about some of the things, because I think that all of us have had very similar journeys in that, in that way where we, we all make mistakes. And I think that we tend to like shy away from talking about those. And I think that, I, th- I think that the best thing about all of us as, as humans is that like we are flawed and we do make mistakes and, and the, and that's what actually 
we all have the most in common is that we all end up having to learn through making lots of mistakes. And I think that we just are so afraid to share some of that. So I, I love that you were just so willing to to talk about some of those because I think that those are some of the same things that I had. I think that listening as I've done this, uh, the longer that I've done this now, it's like the best thing that I can, I, I try to pass on to all of my, all of my assistants and, and everything like that. It's like, man, you will learn so much and you will hear so many things if you just pause and listen and like keep, keep quiet because most of the time, most of your questions are going to be answered. Most of the time you're going to get that piece of information that you want without having to ask for it. If you just listen, your anticipation goes up, your, your ability to just you know, have someone's back goes up because some people too are just afraid to keep talking if they keep getting cut off. And so if like you just sit there and you listen, you're going to hear so much more about like even just how a person, like when they get stressed or when they get anxious, like you're going to be able to know when your DP, how your DP is feeling if you sit there and you listen to them and you become a safe place, you know, for them and all that. So no, I love that. I think that, I think that that's so so crucial and then obviously speaking to injuries on set man it's like that was like one of the things that i learned as well was like thankfully i never got hurt um but like man the gear that we work with is very big and very heavy and and it's like that whole idea of like hey guys like i would i know for me i'm like a very competitive person it was like man get gear you know everywhere that you can move as quick as you can and it was like one of those things where it's like someone pulled me aside and said hey once you start moving fast and you start running on set like that's when that's when accidents can happen. It doesn't mean that they do, but you're opening the potential for that. So like remember that like y- the way that you operate and the way that you move big pieces of gear and all that stuff, it's like man, set yourself up for success with that. And so it's like being intentional. It's like, okay, cool. Well, let's not try to move 100 pounds of gear all at once with one person. It's like let's spread it out. Let's be efficient with it. But then let's also make sure that we're like knowing like okay, if we do have to move this, let's be ready for it. So we're not like slow in that process. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I've had to learn about in, in all of those same ways as you. And I've made plenty, plenty of mistakes of over hustling and, and also thinking that I know more than other people around me. And it's like, oh man, like the best thing you can do is realize that, you know, so little. And the best thing about this journey is that you know, so much of what this learning process is, is learning from other people, watching other people and like, you know, just, just learning through experience. So I'd also like to add, sorry. Yes. No, I would love, I would love to hear it. Yeah. So um, another thing I, th- I think, I guess I had a difficulty of, and I think it's very, very important, especially when you come to women in the, in the industry and it's, co- it's through conversations with other women who are not in particularly in camera, but who are also in the industry is, because you are working with them, it doesn't mean you have to become them. And I I remember a, a lady that was doing continuity said that to me. Um, I guess she was referring, referring to the way I was particularly, I was dressing at the time. And But she wasn't necessarily saying the way I dress, whatever it is. But again, you're on a very masculine energy environment. And so you find, you tend that, okay, you're going to compete with them. You're going to work with them. And you, I lost parts of myself my femininity I would say as a woman because I work with men and I was trying so hard to become them because I felt like if I become them then I will be put on the same level in, in order to compete with them and with that 
I lost parts of being a woman, you know. And now when I when I talk about that example now in the way I dress, the way my hair is and, and just who I am and the characters around my station, um, those things changed a lot when, you know, she said that to me. And also when I decided that I don't want to be a guy, you know, I was dressing like a tomboy and it was like, yeah, I'm a tomboy. And not, I was not necessarily, I guess I was just trying so hard to be as close to as masculine as possible in order to see myself on the same level. But once I let go of those things, I guess those feminine aspects that women bring, you know, like the multitasking, putting emotions into things. <laughs> and I remember there was one particular DOP who would be like, why are you always just talking about the feeling of something that I was just like, can you just breathe, close your eyes and tell me how you want this to feel like, and he, they would get annoyed. But I guess the more they, the, we understood each other, um, they understood as to what I meant. And you know, the language didn't have to be particularly of what size do you want? <laughs> what do you want to see? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, I was bringing some parts of myself that, and eventually at the end of the shoot, they were like, geez, really, thank you. I know in the beginning, I was like, why is she making me think I'm going to have to go home to so my wife who's going to be asking about feelings and now <laughs> you know, I have this, but I was just like, I really appreciated that because we've got to be <clears throat> so much more creative because when you start, feeling things and you know seeing them you start seeing them in a different perspective and it's not just technical and I guess that being in a very male dominated world and they could be very very nice men just in general it's just like I guess human nature for me just remembering that you don't have to be like them to compete with them man was I, something I, very important that I learned oh man that's so good that's so so good I think I know I, I, I am in different shoes than you, obviously being a male, but I think that like one of the best pieces of advice that I was given by uh, another first AC was uh, as I was going through my journey, uh, he told me, he said, Bradford, don't don't get so invested into this journey that you you stop being Bradford, like be Bradford as a first, like don't just become a first AC like let that first ac become bradford like let let everyone know that like you're bradford the first ac on this set like you're doing it the bradford way and so it was it was such a good piece of advice and i think that that ties so much in of just like man like man filmmaking is is beautiful because it's all of us individually coming together and it's that particular group of people and i think that like the cool thing about film is like you know, you work on one movie and there is like such a little chance that you will ever be able to get that exact same group of people ever together again to make another film. And so every single person that's there brings such a unique and creative, you know, personality into that. And suddenly that becomes your family in how you tell this story. And that's awesome. And so when this person can be who they are and this other person can be truly who they are like we suddenly get these beautiful you know like inputs and we all like plug in into such a great way to tell this story that like suddenly if we're only focusing on like what the roles of this grip is and what this ac is and what this hair and makeup person is and it's like if they just like stay bland and stay true to what their what their roles are it's like we suddenly miss out on like man you bring so much joy to this like if we like that joy that you bring carries over and is infectious for the rest of the crew and this other person who's like really diligent with being able to like call out and be like hey i think we can do this better and being able to like you know say some of the tougher things or being like i don't think we did a good job of that like 
all of a sudden, like all of these unique personalities and perspectives and who each individual person is, it's like, man, that can just make that story so much more powerful and like, uh, like effective in the way that we tell it. So please keep being you. Never stop being you. I love hearing that. Uh, that makes that makes me happy. So so like we've gotten to talk a lot about like what it what your journey through filmmaking and ACing on set is. When when you're not ACing, I guess what are some of the hobbies or ways that you like to spend your downtime? I know that you said that you did some acting as well as like some modeling. Like absolutely, by the way, incredible stuff that I've gotten to see of your modeling on Instagram and stuff. Um, but what what are some what are some of the ways that you spend your downtime? Well, so the acting thing was a while back <laughs> and I never really um, got back into that again. Um, I'm actually like a, I wouldn't say a fitness freak, but I just enjoy doing different things in terms of working out. Um, I know recently I've gone into rock climbing quite a bit. Um, or I will, on a weekend, I will, will do a class that I've never done before. There was like, I, I don't know if you call it air yoga or it's just one of when those they have the material from the wall <laughs> and you just do like a whole class um, doing those things. Um, I have friends as well that, again, we just love doing new things all the time. So I guess my hobbies, one, I, I work out quite a bit and also just exploring, also traveling. Um, I, I used to do this thing a lot where I would just book myself into different Airbnbs around um, my city could be during the week it could be during the weekend you know during a work week or whatever just being in a different space for me and and just as different energy or different colors or it just I don't know it, it, it I get more creative or I just feel like I'm experiencing more all the time because again as well I'm not someone that particularly likes being in one space um for quite a while so yeah and also you know our times are very long so you never really get a chance to be able to do a lot but in my downtime time it's be, it's always about exploring and you know as my friends they always make fun of me or they always get annoyed because they're like yeah we're gonna go out and like yeah we're going rock climbing first <laughs> you know it's burn those calories before we put them back in <laughs> so that's and I actually do really enjoy it it works out better for me that way so yeah, I can't really say there's one particular um hobby that I, I constantly am that I'm I'm into, I know rock climbing is right now, but just, you know, the other couple of months ago, it was something else. So it's just about your know, quad biking was a big thing. You know, boxing was last year. <laughs> There's it's a new season for everything. It's just doing something I've never done before. And yeah. No, that's so important. I think that that's so important to feed your soul. I think that there's just so many, so many ways that we can like, just forget how to like, just continue to find inspiration and joy and all those things and i think it's important to continually fill back up so i love i love that you're never never settling that's so fun i probably need to uh dive into some of those things i i typically stay to trying to play as much uh as much soccer or football as i can and then uh and then i try to run uh just to clear my mind and and all that stuff so um no i think it's so important to to find time for yourself to just process things outside outside of outside of filmmaking even though like for me it's like you know option one for me to do is like I'm going to be a filmmaker I'm going to like tell stories I'm going to be 
in film and then option b is like if plan a fails like i'm going right back to plan a like there's no other there's no other plan but even in that it's like man it's so important to make sure that it's like like you said earlier it's like man so much of everything that we do it's not just like a physical thing it's like a mental thing too and so there's there's so much importance to just making sure you're taking care of your mentals as well as as well as you know being able to work on set it's like man being able to recharge and being able to give yourself fresh perspectives and fresh input and like ways to still you know rejuvenate that creativity and not and not get stuck in one place is so so important and meeting people for collaborations you absolutely know, as well. um, absolutely. My, the, absolutely the the modeling thing i did do for like a bit when i was in my hometown but it wasn't really anything serious but i guess when i moved here it was I just enjoyed putting myself in certain spaces, you know, just creating all the time. But I found that the more I'd just jump into things or get into weird hobbies, I'd find people who'd be like, hey, I think you would look nice in this. Or if you could do this, or it wouldn't even be about being nice. It would just, we'd have a conversation and based on the conversation, you know, an idea would come out because again, you, for me, if I'm doing modeling, I don't necessarily always just want to do it for the sake of being a model. Like I just need a statement to be there or something you know um and so even my recent one with this fitness uh, the lady who's who's a fitness model no she's not a fitness model she owns fitness clothes sorry you know um <clears throat> beautiful um very strong woman who's just gone through the most as well but like really pushing and she was doing a photo shoot and i was there and you know just supporting my friend and me and her had a conversation and just before we were going to go to durban um with the river you know she called me came to my place she's like look can i just sponsor you with some of these clothes um you can either wear them when you're on set or not or whatever if you can or you can't take pictures of them post and you, you know just i like the vibe and i like what you're about and i'd like my brand to just be a little bit associated with that and that was so unexpected and i did not necessarily ever think that i wanted to do that or felt a little pressured and then just decided let me just do a photo shoot um with it because i now just turned 27 and i was like and i think this is i love her story black woman too um who's just also there's she's in different businesses but very much also male dominated fields and i just felt like because i just turned 27 you know i'm supporting her she's decided she wants to be associated with me we created then a photo shoot around that and i also particularly felt like in terms of my fitness level and how i looked i was more comfortable than i'd been in a while so those things just gel together and that's where the modeling thing comes in where i wouldn't i always say i'm a closet model <laughs> because Thing, me doing modeling and doing photo shoots is usually over very random occurrences or like interactions I have with people or meet people. <laughs> but, you know, I'm also very young. I always say I'm under 30. If I'm not doing these things now, when am I going to do them? So, yeah, so I, I think I'll stick to say I'm, I'm a closet model. <laughs> I don't think I'm there professionally at all no that's so that's so good please please never stop i love that i love that that's so good thank you so i guess to close close some of this stuff out this conversation has been so so incredible i've loved hearing all of your perspectives and i think it's going to speak to so many people in this industry and encourage them in so many ways but like what what is the i guess what is the goal for you within i guess this next year like what i guess is there anything that you have your eyes set on even if it's like outside of film whether it's you know like we said like more of the mental side or if it is specifically related to film i would love to hear either either side well in terms of film um i've been doing some things that challenge me 
in terms of getting into operating or getting into doping um but i found that i really do enjoy things like doing weird stunts you know um and it hasn't been necessarily like proper training so far it's just been with friends you know get on roller skates hold a camera try to do an action shot while being on roller skates or you know um get into um steady cam you know but just running with it you know not just starting off by learning to operate for me the, the adrenaline things and i guess when i think about myself ever being a dop or you know i would really be interested in doing those particular things um and I don't know what you would even call it because they again there's also nothing in really in my country or no one I could particularly call and say like hey can you train me or can I get into this or you know it's just more like watching YouTube videos and finding them interesting and also finding ways that are not dangerous to do them so I know within the next year I know physically I've been pushing myself to be stronger for that and I really want to start getting into that so if not I don't want to leave focus pulling no but if I am going to be doing operating on the side I would love to start put you using that or doing that whether it be in the city or just in my country in general i also haven't really been seeing it happening here so yeah crossing fingers that somewhere somehow with my interactions and people that i meet and things that i do that i will find someone who can train me more in that but definitely doing some stunts with operating for me is something that i'm really working hard towards and i want to start doing it um by next year heck yeah heck yeah that's awesome that's so great so I cannot wait to see the next action film coming out of South Africa when you are <laughs> when you are operating and flying through flying through all these crazy action chase scenes with you operating them. It's going to be absolutely incredible. I look forward to that so much. <laughs> I hope crossing fingers. I hope it will happen. That's so good. So I, I would love for people to be able to continue connecting with you. I would love for people to be able to continue following your journey. How do people, you know, connect and stay in touch with you for those of the, you know, for those of the listeners that are uh, hearing you for the first time? Well, I'm very much more active on Instagram than any other social media. So I guess um, my Instagram handle, which is Satjoko, and um, Facebook, not really so much. So I guess, yeah, Instagram, definitely even DMing me, sending me links there talking about collaborations there or, you know, just even just supporting each other in terms of like posting each other or anything like that. A lot of collaborations and people and things I meet are most of the time from Instagram. I love it. I hope, I hope that you and I can find a way to work on a film in Africa together. I would love that so much. I'm so thankful for you being able to, to give up some time and be able to have this conversation and for us to be able to just, you know, enjoy this filmmaking journey together as people. I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you as well for this. Um, I don't know. I I felt a bit. And I remember I told you I felt a bit nervous about it. But I also was like, but it's just me. I'm not sure. But this for me is also really important. Um, you know, meeting someone else that I've never met before, and as well conversations I had, and also realizing that as being in the same industry, we also share things that are very similar, interests are similar, um, people that you meet, the connections. So this was actually really lovely and. You're a really awesome person. <laughs> uh, no, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so grateful. We'll, we will continue this conversation, but I'm, I'm so thankful for you taking the time and uh, please keep, keep being you. No, definitely. Thank you. <laughs> that wraps up this episode of the Focus Puller at Work podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast to hear each new episode as it drops. If you want to be involved or a part of the conversations, please reach out to info at focuspulleratwork.com. Thank you so much for listening.